This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Sunday morning on WFAN. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf will be by with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall is by after our 9 o'clock update. He'll be talking baseball here on the fan, appropriate enough for this time of the year. Well, if it was the middle of winter, would he still be talking baseball? Yeah, it's Ed. Trust me, he would be. Even... If no one were listening, he'd still be talking to himself about baseball. He loves the game. You're going to love listening to him as well. That's after 9 this morning. Well, on our program this hour, we move into a discussion with um, the executive director of an organization that I mentioned before we stepped aside for Dave's top of the hour update, the Fresh Air Fund. Now, a lot of you have heard of the name with exactly what some people may be familiar with exactly what the fund does, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, spread that knowledge among our listeners, including those of you who have not a clue what the Fresh Air Fund is all about. Hopefully you will after our discussion this hour. Joining us on our program, I'm pleased to say, is Fatima Shama. Uh, Fatima is uh, joining us by phone on our program. Good morning. It's nice to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. That term, the Fresh Air Fund, I mentioned this in introducing you. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, the Fresh Air Fund, I've heard of that. And then you say to them, okay, what does the Fresh Air Fund do? Mm-hmm. So the Fresh Air Fund has been around for 140 years. This is our 141st summer. And so people have heard of us. Inevitably, people have heard of us. Um, but remembering what it does, some people know um, the historical pieces, maybe seeing it in the New York Times or watching the commercials on television. That Fresh Air Fund continues today, as it has for 140 years, to serve children from New York City's low-income communities with providing them a free summer experience. And what that means is, essentially, as it started in 1877, kids living on the Lower East Side um, in tenements. We're living in these congested um, tenements, and they were actually quite sick. They were getting tuberculosis, and it was contagious. And the idea then was, how about we connect these kids to opportunities to cleanse their lungs, to get some fresh air? Well, that started this organization that for 140 years has connected children to having an opportunity to get fresh air. It's no longer about cleansing anyone's lungs, necessarily. Um, but it is still about children having opportunities to have experiences and exposure. And we run two major programs. The first one is what started us, which uh, is this visiting host family program. So we have families up and down the East Coast, from as far north as Maine to as far south as North Carolina, who volunteer, go through a rigorous process, 
and host a New York City child. If you think of like a cultural exchange program, there are families that do this abroad, and there are families that do this in the U.S. And they are hosting a child for a week or more for an experience of whether it's in the rural or suburban parts of, of, um, of where they live. The other program that we run and have since the 1920s is this camping program. So the Fresh Air Fund operates five summer camps for boys and girls starting at the age of 8 to the age of 15, where children are able to spend two weeks with us, sometimes a little longer, um, to go to summer camp. And it's all done through generous um, support. When we talk about the work of the Fresh Air Fund, I mean, um, it would sound like this is something that would require a lot of people. What's your staff like? Well, we have a, um, uh, a year-round staff that works very hard to make all these pieces happen. Um, that's a uh, full-time of about 50 people. Mm-hmm. But then in the summertime, in the summertime, we have over 500. And um, we, re- we hire an extraordinary number of people who work with us to serve um, our children. Because our, our main work, of course, as we just talked about, is summer, right? Summertime is fresh air time. And so um, we hire hundreds of counselors who work with us on our camp property. And then we have an amazing audience of volunteers who work with us, um, who support us in hosting um, our children. So we have families and individuals who are extraordinary volunteers and ambassadors who are our partners, uh, you know, who are working the bus stops in parts of New Hampshire and Maine, um, who are coordinating families. And so I would say we have a summer operation that includes staff and volunteers, upwards of a thousand people. How did you come to the Fresh Air Fund, Fatima? Me personally? Yes. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so I'm a born and raised um, girl from the Bronx, uh, and my parents were immigrants to this country, um, like many of the children that first came to the Fresh Air Fund and still come to us. And I am. Um, I didn't have any fresh air experiences. My summertime, um, although I remember them very fondly, um, were things that, you know, kids in urban neighborhoods do, right? We wake up and we go to the local public school for free breakfast or free lunch. And um, I, I love the FDNY, but as a child, we opened up um, the neighborhood pumps and um, played on the streets and, you know, did things like stickball and um, played in the local playground and, of course, went to my local public library, uh, another um, important part of my childhood, but I never had these opportunities. And, but as a professional, I've worked in, in New York City's um, nonprofit sector, serving children and families historically, as, you know, um, and, and did public health policy and health policy in the Bloomberg administration for many years, and then served as a commissioner um, for Mayor Bloomberg, overseeing all immigrant issues in New York City. Um, and so for me, I was invited to come to the Fresh Air Fund for a conversation when um, my predecessor was moving on and retiring. And uh, it's an opportunity. I came to this because I come back to my roots, both as a New Yorker, but also as a professional, serving children and families in an area around health and education that means so much to me about this opportunity to connect kids to an opportunity to be kids in a healthy, safe, and in a learning environment. Is it a fun atmosphere? Oh, my goodness gracious. It is such an extraordinary place to be. Um, And it's extraordinary because, Bob, you know, I bet you can think about memories when you were a child in the summertime. Oh, yeah. And 
Right. And so, you know, those giggles that you had in the summer, you know, those memories that you can remember. I actually think it's so easy for any of us to, one, forget the power of those experiences, but two, to also think about how many of our children are living in New York City and quite honestly, probably in many, many other places in very complicated reality where going outside to play in the neighborhood like I used to is just not what it used to be. And so when kids are, when gang violence is overwhelming your neighborhood, when um, when gun violence is overwhelming your neighborhood, when parents are wondering about food security, right? Does someone have food in the morning? When homelessness plagues too many of our kids, right? Over 150,000 children are living in homeless situations or in transitional housing. Um, being a child is a little more complicated than when we as an organization get to offer opportunities for kids to be in a safe environment where the only thing that matters is that child and their ability to have fun and to be curious and to explore and to make friends and to meet grown-ups or counselors or new kids. Um, it's a pretty extraordinary thing to witness. And um, I will say it's absolutely fun. And it's really special. It's a really special opportunity and it's a very special organization. You know, a lot of focus in our discussion is on the summer efforts. What goes on year-round with the Fresh Air Fund in terms of programs? So so we serve thousands of children over the summer and, um, and delighted to. The one thing that's clear to us is that our relationships with children begin in that summer experience. And sometimes it's through parents or through children themselves or through the programs they've been involved in that we then extend into this year-round opportunity. So the organization in the past 20 years has started a, a, a stronger year-round connection with, with our children. If they're in the Visiting Host Family Program, which we um, call Friendly Towns, the, inevitably many of those children have relationships with families that keep them coming back. And so their relationships are through the Fresh Air Fund, so we're a connector in some ways, but their relationships become really rich with the family. And we know both from the children and the host families, that they see each other at Halloween or at Christmas time or during spring break. And so those relationships happen. For the kids at camp, we actually invite them to come back to do a fall and springtime um, camping. So they get to see what camp looks like during fall foliage, when, when the rebirth of spring starts happening. And then, of course, there's a, a number of opportunities we also provide, mainly around academic support. And so we do tutoring. And we do mentoring. Mentoring happens um, more towards high school. Tutoring is happening to help kids get into better high schools and to successfully graduate out of middle school. And the mentoring program and our leadership program for girls in particular, but expanding into boys, happens around high school. And part of that is with a real commitment to helping our young people complete high school. Um, and in many instances, they stay with us during that time and become junior counselors or counselors in training and then come back and become camp counselors. And so we're watching this growth of young kids who've started with us as campers and can grow to be our counselors. And so that's what's happening during the year round. And, um, and we invite people to come to our office during the academic school year, whether it's to volunteer to help us do this work or to see it in action. But Fatima Shama, who is the executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, talking with us on our program on The Fan this morning. Radio.com. We're 
in a discussion with the executive director of the Fresh Air Fund. Fatima Shama is uh, talking with us on our program this morning. Um, as a resource for people who are listening to this discussion, where do they mm -hmm. find the Fresh Air Fund on the web? Oh, uh, freshair.org. So um, our name, Fresh Air, and then .org. And what sort of things can they do on that site? Well, um, there's a lot to learn about us and a lot to see, but we are always um, interested in um, recruiting um, volunteers to help us during the um, academic year, um, volunteers who might be interested in working with us in the program we run um, uh, along the East Coast, our, our Friendly Towns program, and then, of course, friend, um, families who might be interested in learning more about um, hosting a child from New York City and what that takes and what it requires. Uh, so they could sign up. We would call them this summer. Um, we're we're almost halfway there, and so um, this summer we we aren't necessarily looking for more families at this moment. But it's a good time to start to plan for next year because it is a pretty rigorous process. Okay. We're always looking for families who want to um, sign their own children up, and lastly, all of this gets done because amazing people support us through their generosity, so they can make a donation. To qualify as um, a host family, mm -hmm. some people who are listening will think, "Well, wait a minute." maybe we could do this sort of thing, but mm -hmm. what does this really involve? So I, I have to tell you, it is, um, it is amazingly uh, the kindness and generosity of individuals, right? And so it doesn't require um, any, um, it does require having space in your home. It does require willingness to host a child and, you know, it's, it's an additional meal or it's additional mouth to feed, an additional child you're taking to the pool or um, having at home and, you know, another towel to pack. Um, so, so that's what it requires. It requires the interest um, in wanting to um, welcome a child um, who may not be exposed to all the things you have in, in your environment um, and the willingness to create that relationship, right? So this is about friendship. This is about sort of um, the sharing that one can do or family can do. The process to, to go through this is actually rigorous. We um, first have a phone interview. We then have an in-person interview. Um, there is a home inspection, if you will, a home visit. Um, every member of the home is um, interviewed, in, and then we background check um, all of the adults in the home, anyone over 18. Um, we do reference checks, and so to host a child, it does, it does, um, does take a little uh, effort, but we are stunned. We get hundreds of calls every year, and um, we have 4,000 strong um, plus um, families who are participants and, and, and work with us in this program. And when you talk about the people who would be involved with the academic programs uh, mm -hmm. that you're doing, what kind of qualifications do you look for for people who are going to wind up helping you? Yeah. So the, the, we're, all of the tutoring and mentoring mostly happens out of our New York City office, which is um, in Midtown Manhattan. And um, so if someone is interested, they too have to go through an interview and a background check process. And we then, under, we, we basically understand where they would better serve, whether as a mentor in a group setting um, or as a tutor um, in a more one-to-one -one in our classroom space. And in essence, there's a lot of the people who come to us are um, either professionals in the um, working community or um, folks who 
retired and want to continue to give back. So from a from a qualifications perspective, um, there are a series of things. I'm not sure, you know, uh, we're not saying one must have, you know, a, a graduate degree or um, we're more interested in meeting the individuals. The other thing, of course, is that we host a number of exposure opportunities for our kids, whether it's a career fair, so individuals who want to share a little bit about how they've gotten on their career journey, they could call and let us know, and they'd love to be a speaker for that. We do job shadowing for our children to go out and learn a little bit more about an industry. Um, so there's many, many ways for folks to be in, involved with us, and we love to learn about all of the above. And so if someone's curious to learn more and would like to figure out how they could, they might not have 32 weeks to offer or 10 weeks in the fall to offer, but have one day that they'd love to do a talk. We can we can um, schedule them to come in and do a talk with our young women on leadership or our young men. Um, so so we have lots of opportunities. We just love to hear from folks because we love to grow our big fresh air family. As a wise man once said to me, "There's nothing so constant as change." The idea of the changing demographics in this city. How is the Fresh Air Fund responding to those? Yeah, it's a very um, it's a very dynamic and fascinating thing. So when we first started talking, I shared with you the sort of historical nature of the organization, and so the history of New York, to be very honest, and um, and beyond, quite honestly, the, the narrative nationally for us um, as the U.S. of A. Um, is that we are a place that's continued to be peopled. Right? People love coming um, in search of opportunities, and New York has always been that gateway. Um, so we started the Fresh Air Fund. The children we were serving um, were new immigrants living on the Lower East Side. They were children who were speaking Hungarian or Yiddish or German um, or Italian or Irish. Um, and today, the same reality um, continues. We have very fast-growing communities in New York that are um, from China, all over China, not just one um, part of China, many different provinces. So we have a lot of um, Asian families who sign up for the Fresh Air Fund today. Um, fast growth. We've had a very large sort of traditional New York City community of, of um, African Americans or the Puerto Rican community. Um, but today, the Latino community blossoms into being individuals from Latin America, Ecuador, Colombia. Um, we see a lot of um, families signing up um, who, uh, whose children, or who parents maybe from Mexico, children are, are, are born here. Um, and then we're seeing an interesting array of others. And that is the New York story. And so consistent with our historical reality, the demographics of where communities settle um, and their economic situations yield them to look for opportunities for their children. And we happen to be one of those opportunities, and we're delighted and honored to be one of those opportunities. So we continue to evolve. Our application is now available in English, Spanish, and Chinese. Um, we have a multilingual staff. Um, we look to hire counselors that can help us in that work. We look to hire, we look to work with host families that represent that beautiful um, tapestry of individuals. Uh, so it's a dynamic, to your point, changing experience, um, but it's also the great American story. When we talk about the interest from on the part of uh, families in having children participate in the programs of the Fresh Air Fund, how key in, I guess, getting out the message of what the Fresh Air Fund is about are some of the different um, community partners that you work with? 
Oh, critical, critical. I mean, just this opportunity about to speak with you is so important because we get to talk, talk about what we do. Um, partnering with, with our community partners that are on the ground, whether they're schools or community organizations or um, faith-based organizations, churches and, and the like, um, or health centers, which are very big partners for us, we are able to work with them and they are trusted in their communities, and they are the trusted folks who both have um, their 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 tentacles deeply in communities, but also um, a community of clients and patients that they're trying to work with to sort of help connect them to opportunities. So they become the referral source for us, and so they are um, helping us either giving us a forum for um, presentations or actually referring their patients to us. So we have a number of pediatricians, for example, across the city hospitals who the prescription they give some of their patients is the fresh air pump, right? So for children who are experiencing asthma, a pediatrician might say, I'd like you to register for the fresh air fund because this will be great for your child. Um, and so we've seen that and it's actually something we love. Um, so community partners are really critical for us uh, across the spectrum and we look for them as well. So if someone's listening and they'd love to call us, please do. Okay, and you can also go to the Fresh Air Fund website, which you uh, mentioned uh, earlier, too. When we think about the summertime, mm-hmm. why is it that the summertime is so important for informal learning experiences? Yeah. So the academic school year provides structure, and it provides that daily feeding. Summertime, for many children, is without structure and sometimes is without um, any opportunity to see other things. In the summer, we have learned that for children in particular in low-income communities, their, um, their disconnection, their disconnect, if you will, from any academic experience results in their learning losses. And so when they go back to school in September, teachers are spending a month or two almost regaining, you know, sort of reteaching what happened in May and June to get kids on par to move forward. In middle-income families, kids are exposed and being enriched by a whole lot of things, whether it's their summer camps or going to the museums or spending time at home or going to libraries and reading. And so the summer is really a chance for kids, all kids, to have exploration and to to sort of feed those curiosities, to see new things, to learn new words. And so for us at the Fresh Air Fund, we really see that as integral to what we do. It's really critical for us, and it's always happening, whether it's a child meeting a new person, whether it's a child um, at our summer camp experience, swimming in the lake, learning about the sort of ecosystem of the lake and what's under their feet, the sound they hear, um, visiting our farms, understanding what happens at the farm. We're a fully composting property, and so they learn all about composting. All of these things that are incredibly enriching for children because it becomes new words, new vocabulary. They go back to the school year refreshed, to be very honest, refreshed, re-energized, excited with storytelling opportunities. Um, Again, it's memory, right? Summertime is a place where memories can be made, and that can last a lifetime. And so we think the summer is a really critical moment to make sure we don't lose that learning experience, even if it's not necessarily sitting in a classroom, but learning, learning in all ways. Um, And so we're becoming very purposeful about how do we do that. You know, it's also a learning experience in a way, I'm thinking as I'm listening to you, when 
the young person will talk about how this impacted them and mm-hmm. it's a learning process for them and developing their communication skills and talking about that to you know somebody else a friend or whatever so that's an interesting approach as well we're talking on our program on the fan this Sunday morning after our 8 o'clock update. Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall's Talking Baseball follows our 9 o'clock update. We're in discussion with Fatima Shama on our program. She is executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, and she is our guest uh, this hour of our program. We can get into a few other areas of discussion as we continue this Sunday morning. Radio.com. Interesting discussion we're having talking about the work of the Fresh Air Fund with the executive director, Fatima Shama. She has joined us by phone on our program. One of the things I was thinking about when thinking in preparation for our discussion today, mm-hmm. there are so many um, things the Fresh Air Fund is involved in with you know, these the young people you're working with. What is it like when you see that, I guess, spark um, of reaction mm-hmm. from from a kid, you know, who's coming for the for the first time, yeah, to camp. So, 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 Bob, I'm still fairly new in my role, mm-hmm. and I've set, this is my second summer. Um, as the executive director um, of this extraordinary organization. And I will tell you that I still have moments of just sheer joy of of witnessing those first moments. Some of it is, um, some of it is, in particular, we get to see very regularly the um, impacts of camp because we, we operate these five camps. So I'm able to physically be there and see it often. I've had the pleasure of also seeing the Friendly Towns experience. So I'll just talk about camp first, and then I'll talk about the second experience. But the one thing that I will tell you is um, is really priceless, actually, is this idea that children can be children. And so children are getting on our bus, and it's immediate. They start friend-making. They get off in this extraordinarily beautiful oasis of, of the camp property that, we're, that, that we own um, in Fishkill, uh, New York. It's a 2,000-acre um, parcel of just lakes and endless trees and trails and just um, really extraordinary, great sounds, of course, and smells of fresh grass and freshness. And, um, and then it's this fresh air, right? So the kids will say, the air smells sweet. Um, or the fact that every meal the children participate in is family style, and every child is part of that. So they're, you know, different quote-unquote villages or the campsites that they're sleeping in set up the tables. And so they're learning all of these responsibilities together, and they're doing it together. And it's children from across the city, so it's not from one neighborhood. So kids don't necessarily know each other, but it's immediate that they learn to get together or get, get along. Um they're learning who their counselors are. So many of our counselors are college students, and the counselors are sharing where they go to school. Um, and so before you know it, children are saying, well, I want to go to Buffalo State, and the counselor's studying engineering, and the child is saying, I'm going to study engineering at Buffalo State. So for a nine-year-old boy you know, from a, a neighborhood in the Bronx, all of a sudden their whole world has changed. There's this, there's this grown-up 
um, quote unquote, who, who, who they now can see themselves becoming. And alongside of that, they're learning how to swim. And there's, so the, there's the courage and both the confidence that, ha- that happens with that. There's the independence and the sort of responsibility of brushing your teeth and showering and, and your own now living in, a, living in, the, um, in, in your bunks. Um, so there's all of this amazingness that happens, all of these moments. And I will say, I think as a parent, as a New Yorker, and as a professional, I'm not sure I understood the power of that experience for kids being kids. Um, in a safe environment. And so there's something really special about that newness where a child says to you things like, did you know, um, did you know what these birds are? Did you know, um, what's in the lake? Did you know? And, and, or I, I will admit, I've heard this where a child said to me, did you know stars were real? I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, just, I just thought they were in movies. I thought they weren't so real. Like, I've never seen that many stars. That's real. That's a, that's a real statement. You know, it takes my breath away. I mean, it really does take my breath away. And on the friendly town side, some of our kids are going into, um, they're taking journeys and, and they're, you know, a bus ride into um, into parts of Maine or into, and I met a young man on, on uh, Friday afternoon who had gone five years to a family in Pennsylvania um, very much, you know, he's 13 years old now. And I said to him, so you're back. How was that? How was your trip? And he said, it was so great. And I said, what was so great about it? He said, I swim. I swim the whole time. They know I love swimming. So my host family, we go swimming in rivers. We go swimming in lakes. We go swimming in pools. I just love swimming. Well, that young man may not go swimming when he's in New York City. But for his summer experience, this family and he have understood that swimming is a joy for him. And so... I've, I've met children who say, I've learned how to swim with my host family. Um, so it's, it's all of those experiences that I think really they're, they're confidence building, they're courage building, they're, you know, memory building, they're experience building. When you think, too, about the situation where, in some cases, these kids also may never have left the borough where they live. That's right. And which, I mean, it always blows me away thinking about this. Mm-hmm. That is a possibility. Um, and Jenny Morgenthau, when um, she was executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, once told me that in an interview yeah. I did with her a number of years ago. And I remember just, it just, it rocked me at the time thinking, well, wait a minute, how could they have never left? But yeah, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think uh, what impact that can have on them. I mean, talk about life changing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's um I I was born and raised in the Bronx. I didn't leave the borough. <laughs> um, I didn't really know what existed out there. And so when I say pretty comfortably I could have been a fresh air child, I mean it. <laughs> um it's it's real. Um we, we hear from parents and we hear from former fresh air kids in particular. And the alumni is such an amazing audience to bring back, actually, and we're very eager. So if you're a former Fresh Air child and you're hearing this, you know, reach out to us online or um, because those are the stories, actually, that are so impactful. Um, and we served 1.8 million kids in our history, so we know there's so many children out there, young people, now adults. But I have heard from so many former Fresh Air children, some of whom are my dearest friends, who said, I never left my six-block radius. I just I didn't know there was a whole world beyond that six blocks. That's where my parents wanted me to be. That's where I was. And then I went on this trip and all of a sudden I knew like 
there was a world out there that I could experience and that I could explore. And that led to, you know, that person thinking about going away for college, that person led to all of these experiences as a young child really can enhance opportunities of understanding what's available. And we hear this met a lot. We hear this a lot from our young people who go on to, um, to go away to college and say, so I got to my dorm room and I thought, this is just like camp. I'm going to make friends all over again. I'm going to become responsible for my environment. I've had all those those um, learning skills that have helped me to help prepare me for this moment. That's the connection. That's a really powerful connection for for now a sort of young adult to make back to that childhood and sort of thinking like I've been prepared for this. Um, so you're right. In many instances, our young people aren't able to leave those communities, um, their communities, and but when they can. These are the things that are able to enrich them and hopefully help sort of prepare them for experiences to come. What is it that those who um, are in the role of host families, what do they say that they get out of the experience? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, We hear inevitably from host families um, that it is as rich an experience for their family as it is for them. And for lots of reasons. One is, Many of our host families live in communities where they describe are incredibly homogeneous and um, the reality that their children aren't growing up in a diverse community that understands the diversity of the world that we're a part of um, is something they personally want to make sure they can um, expose their children to. The other thing, of course, is one family said to me, and I thought this was so powerful, she said, it's the one experience that we as a family can all volunteer in together. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, we can do a food kitchen or we can do it. But every one of us, when we're hosting, we're all in this together. So my children have a responsibility to share. We have a responsibility to provide a new environment. And so we're each doing our part. And what I learned from that was, from the child's perspective, each person is creating a mentorship role for that child in a new way. And so it becomes relationship building at all levels. And we see it with our host families. We have children and hosts who've been in relationships as friends and now, quite honestly, family for years. I mean, it really is bringing to, it's that beauty of actually humanity, right? It's that beauty of you meet someone and you can sort of celebrate and respect whatever their narratives are. You can respect that. And from that blossoms this wonderful friendship and this wonderful relationship. And we've met so many host families who, with their city child and now that extended family, they're all sort of one unit. There's one family actually in um, in Pennsylvania. Her city family comes to their home for Thanksgiving every year. Mm. This is this is true true relationship building, right? It's, I, I know it's a little um, um, maybe kitschy to say, but it's bridge building in a real way, and it's relationship building. And so, the experience of that exchange, that celebration of differences, we've been involved in for 140 years. It's pretty powerful. I didn't ask you this earlier, but it's always an important area of discussion for anybody who is heading up a nonprofit organization. And we're talking with Fatima Shama, who is executive director of the Fresh Air Fund. She has joined us this portion of our program on the fan. It's Rick Wolf with the Sports Edge after our 8 o'clock update and Ed Randall's Talking Baseball after our 9 o'clock update this Sunday morning. Uh, what is fundraising like in 2017? <laughs> Um, oh, well, that, that that response I think said it all. 
<laughs> well, you know, I will say that we are so lucky to have so many amazing supporters, so many amazing supporters who give us everything from, you know, whether it's a $5 gift to a $5,000 gift, right? We're very, very lucky. And we thank so many people. We thank all of you, all of you, you included, Bob, because we're on this call together. So I appreciate it. Um, it it's nonstop. It is nonstop. Um, I I am I I uh, I have to be honest and say I am always fundraising. I'm always friend raising um, because we serve thousands of children, and the only way we get to do that is by raising the money we need. And we need to raise raise millions of dollars every year to provide thousands of kids these opportunities, these experiences that you and I are talking about. The ability for a child to have a memory that can last a lifetime, the ability for a child to learn a number of things. And so we raise money through foundations. We raise money through individuals. We raise money through partnerships. Um, And I would say that um, the hard part is um, we can't stop. And the the other real hard part is um, that when we don't meet our goals, it really forces us to um, reevaluate what we're doing. And we have to sort of pull back a bit. We have to think, you know, like like in any situation, we've got to reevaluate what our budgets are. Um, it, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work. And so I, along with my colleagues in this in the sector, in the nonprofit sector, respect and understand how how um, important it is for us to always um, both partner and and be uh, work together, but also to make sure that we're going out there and and um, in some ways competing for very um, limited dollars um, and for very generous dollars. Um, but as I'm sharing with you, I think the work that we're doing is so extraordinary and the impact it can have is pretty impo- impactful and empowering, not just for one summer, but really what that summer can take. Um, but the one sort of narrative of 2017 is um, it's nonstop. We, you know, I, I can't stop for a day, to be very honest with you. Um, and it's okay because the work we do is pretty powerful and I get to see it. And so it's pretty much an honor and a pleasure. And that's key for fundraising. You have to love what you raise money for. What does, the, what does the future hold for the Fresh Air Fund? In other words, what would you like to be able to do that you're not able to do right now? Well, I would say um, we have thousands of children applying for um, our programs still. And um, host families, we'd love to grow our host family program, both with families and New York City children who um, who would enroll for that program specifically. We have a number of kids who enroll specifically for our camping programs, so much so that we actually can't accommodate all of the applications for camping. And so... I would very honestly tell you that if I had two more camps, um, I would fill every single bed in them um, because that is a, a, an experience that families are really looking for. And so our goal is to think creatively about what could that look like. The other thing I would tell you is um, you and I both know what life is like or can be like for um, a teenager in New York City. And so we are able to serve young people to the age of 15 but not in the numbers we could. And so when parents continue to look to us and say, do you have an opportunity for my 14-year-old daughter or my 15-year-old daughter? I can't accommodate every single one, but I know, and you know, what that could mean if we could and what that continuation of being part of a community where we're both keeping you 
quote-unquote, out of trouble, but really in a place of just continuing your learning could really mean. And so I'd love to see us develop more programming for um, for adolescents, for, for teen girls and boys, so that they can be part of this enriching experience longer and hopefully continue to help them on a trajectory that can help them um, for their future. So that's another area. Um, it's inevitable that we're going to do more around the academic school year, but I would be I would like us to look at what um, fresh air, as we just talked about, so many of our kids don't even leave their boroughs. And so fresh air in New York City could look as powerful as fresh air in the summertime. So when we take our kids out in the summertime where they're experiencing fresh air in the outdoors, what could that exploration look like when we actually use New York City as our laboratory and partner with great places across New York City? Because um, New York has a lot of green space. New York City has a lot of green space. Um, but we're not always investigating what those things could be. And so for New York City kids, Sometimes learning in your own neighborhood could be as powerful as learning outside. So what do we teach them in the summer and how do we take that back to what they can do during the school year? There's a lot of things cooking right now, um, but we're delighted to be able to do this for an organization that has continuously been enriched. I mean, as you said, Jenny, Jenny did amazing things and I have the pleasure of building on what she's done. Um, it's certainly, and- certainly sounds like it. I mean, it's phenomenal work that is being done. Fatima Shama, who is executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, talking with us on our program on the fan. Very quickly, the website address? Freshair.org. Thank you very much. Certainly good luck with your work. Thank you so much, Bob, for this morning. Have a great day. After our top of the hour update, it is Rick Wolf with the Sports Edge program. And, you know, speaking of luck, how can I phrase this? I know. The tides will be a turnin' after Dave's 9 o'clock update. Keep your dial where it is. You'll understand why. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.